Welcome back to Torn. We're continuing our series on Beyond the Fear. Today's topic, fear of the unknown, unaware and unable to prepare. Memes, how you doing? Hey. Hi, Torn Tribe. I'm pretty well in the middle of summer here in New York. I have one more week of school vacation, which is wonderful and a little bittersweet, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the fear of the unknown, unaware and able to prepare is going to resonate real well with me as we are enjoying our last week of having my husband home with us and then he's gone for a month <laughs> he's gone for a month for work and so there's a lot torn tribe that i'm unaware of and unable to prepare we'll just see what awesome adventures these four ramsey boys are going to send me through um one of them still believes they're going on this vacation but I keep iterating that it is not a vacation for anyone, not even dad, um, as dad stresses out about the right gifts to take to meet his co-workers, you know, of a different culture. And so it's just funny. Um, but yeah, so we are in the throes of preparing for that. So a lot of fear-torn tribes. So these episodes are coming straight from the pump and living in the moment. <laughs> I think that's so interesting that one of your littles wants to go on the business trip. He can't imagine life without dad. Oh, yeah. He already told me he's sending me to the moon or the sun. <laughs> no, it was the sun because he clearly said, I'm going to send you to the sun so that you can burn. I'm like, okay, you do know I'm your only resource for the exactly. next three weeks. Remind him of that. Yeah. I try to not take it personal. Tip number one. Don't take it personal. <laughs> so when you're thinking of an unknown, uh, what are some scenarios that come to mind for you? I would say I know, um, I, and this, uh, you know, folks, like I became a parent through adoption. And so, and we did international. Adoption, so everything was unknown. The child that I was setting out to adopt, I didn't know whether or not he was even available for adoption. And so a lot of that journey of going to Ukraine and seeing if we we're going to bring home the son that we intended was a whole journey of the, the language and not knowing if certain things were a bribe versus not a bribe, whether my the child I was intending on adopting was going to accept our proposal of adoption. Um, those are the immediate things of my first time experiencing the fear of the unknown as a parent or with a parent lens, because of course, growing up in New York City and then going to college in you know Southern Virginia, <laughs> you know it's a lot of unknown, but. It wasn't quite the same as it's kind of external, you know, it's the unknown feelings you have in your mental psyche, but everything seems out of your control because um, you can't predict or prepare and you're not 
really trying to do it for your sake. You're trying to protect someone else. And so those are the beginnings of the unknown that I experienced as a parent. And then as that progressed and I had my first biological child, the fear of the unknown was, you know, the swaddle. Oh my gosh. I I think I often felt like that swaddle was going to like suffocate me and kill me because I was never sure of myself <laughs> as to whether or not I did it right. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to swaddle him to go take a nap. And I hope this is not a forever nap because <laughs> I'm not sure if I did this correctly. Um, so it could be either really serious fears or just things that we're just not aware of leaving us feel unprepared. How about you? Yeah. I think the the reason unknown as we were like brainstorming and chatting it kind of resonated for me is because I I try to follow my gut I'm pretty observant and so when I think back and get caught off guard with like I didn't see that coming or it concerns me because I'm like well if my head is so in it and I can like distinctly remember the look on the face that told me this was uncomfortable or there was a hesitation how did I miss this um for me it's it's just an unexpected change or something something in the personality dynamic passion motivation shifts um and rather than out of a so I can control it sense it's more in the like the my kids personal development and their joy and their safety and feeling they can be who they want to be I think we're during a time where there are so many pockets where uh a child can either feel like they don't fit in or they want to fit in. So they do things that aren't really true to their values or who they are, or they really love the friend that they have. And that friend maybe isn't making the best choices or as much as you get to know a family and, and are kind of feeling out who you're allowing your children to be around something in the dynamic or in the values or in, you know, something happening in the influences around it just starts to mold your child in a way that maybe you just didn't see coming or couldn't anticipate, right? We don't know what we don't know. Um, so for me, I, I think it's when you can say, oh, bouncy house party, eh, my kid's not into bouncy houses. Water, my kid takes a little while to warm up or yeah, jumps right in or can be in there for hours or um is friendly one-on-one, -on -one, doesn't get overwhelmed by groups or the opposite, you know? And then you, you encounter a scenario where it's either, I didn't really see that coming or why'd they turn that down? Or they were passionate about dancing for years. All of a sudden, this is something that they don't want to do at all. So I think about things of like body image and fitting in and, and what you're seeing around you of like, what is kindness? What is welcoming? Um, in their circles of friends in school, what happens during recess, what matters to them. And it's like having enough of the bond and the communication and despite being the parent that over time, you know, they might wanna have things to themselves or keep things that are person that they will still trust in you and kind of be who they really are. And it, it doesn't have to be coming in tears or hurt because of maybe it is something like bullying or, you know, in certain scenarios, but it also could be something as small as 
things are just changing. This friendship is changing. This person matters so much to me and maybe they're not reciprocating that friendship in the same way or they're not including me or they're really passionate about something that I'm not interested in anymore. How do I keep this friendship? Or I want to try something new and I'm afraid of not being good at it, right? Like I, I think I'm going to have a star. So it's like, what are auditions going to be like? And how's that going to balance with life? And um, I just think about what I'm, you know, I try to be tuned in and the thing and the unknown feels like what I might not see coming so that I can, you know, do all the things I can do to be the best resource, be the best support, have that, that safety um, for the kids. Yeah, I think that's part of journey is accepting the fact that there's going to be things that we are just not aware of and that are blind spots. And I guess the the biggest challenge with the fear of the unknown is that it, it stays unknown until revealed. <laughs> so there's really no way to um, really combat it or become in the know of everything. It's nearly impossible, but accepting the fact that there are going to be things that you can't prevent and there are things that your child's going to go through, but it's not forever. I guess mm-hmm. it like even those personality changes, like I remember um, just this past year with my 10 year old, like I did not like I knew he was turning 10. But I will say I was completely oblivious to what 10 would mean to him. And like his personality has become a lot stronger. It's just like yesterday, I had a conversation with my 10 year old and he's shifting and changing and he wants to change rooms. He wants his own room. Um, But later on, as we were talking about it, and we started talking about all the things you would have to take off the wall and all the beds that would need to be broken down and the family commitment and the shuffle, who knows, maybe it'll be something that he continues to desire for the next five years. But eventually he'll realize the three-year gap that he has with his brother is really not that big. That eventually they'll have the same interests and the same desires. So I guess like to get beyond that fear and trying, instead of trying to prevent the unknown, and yes, you can raise your awareness, but so much, it's more of accepting the fact that you're going to have to learn as you go with your child. And if you create those I call them intentional moments. Like for me with my four sons, there's specific times throughout the month where I purposely only do an activity with one of the sons and we, I rotate them and the activity, I often try to use it as a window or door to like get them to open up. So if I know my child is going to get fixated on something and, not really talk much because of the activity. I don't choose that activity. I strategically pick activities where I know they're going to get talking and they're going to be talking a lot. So that way I can actually hear what's going on. 
um, and become aware that way. Um, and then that kind of leads you to other conversations. So with my 10 year old son, knowing that he's already seeing himself older and wanting to hang out with the older kids and understanding that older kids conversations and shows and music begin to plant seeds of relationships in a way that my 10 year old hasn't experienced relationships or even thought about relationships. Now we start having those other uncomfortable <laughs> about the body and the women and, and it's funny because if you create those intentional moments, you'll see where their minds drift and exactly what conversation and what level of that conversation. Every single graphic detail about it either, guys. <laughs> like you Take them where they're at and don't assume they're at the next level. Always go a level lower. Let them take you to the next level with their questions. Um, is certain conversations over and over again as they mature, but it gives you insight into the conversations that you need to have, the types of activities that you should be exposing them to, and even questions that you should be posing to them to see how their mind goes into that scenario um, to best prepare them. I, I would also agree that in having those conversations, just monitor yourself so that it doesn't go to the extreme of being paranoid or too interrogative because I think if we are present in those intentional moments and we are part of the carpool here and you know people come to hang out and there's play dates at your place or you can hang out and have coffee and there's play that you will overhear what's happening and you'll see the choices being made and so you won't have to pry as much because I think we all suffer at all ages to the how's your day good what did you find we we did this thing you know one word answers about the things that you know that you're really starting the conversation so you can hear what ends up coming out later it's like oh you know who was under the table or who got sent to this or was absent or their parent is moving here and then it just comes out because they're comfortable and they're not thinking it's for a purpose so I would also just that would probably be like a tip to keep yourself because I know I'm very curious um so I want to dig or I want to kind of get a result from especially from our 20 year olds with like the dating and being away from home is, you know, you just get curious about like, what's the social scene? Like, how are you spending time? And it's not out of anticipating wrong behavior or any, but it's just really curious of like, what's going on um, during this time that you're like getting exposed to these different things and trying new things and meeting new people and advising. Um, I remember when my conversation about dorming was like, okay, you're going to have your stuff. There's going to be moochers, and then there's going to be good friends, you know, like, yeah. and just the, the warnings of it's great to share and, and like build this uh, rapport with each other, but kind of get a sense of people because it isn't being at home with your family where you're just like, yeah, we're all good. Everything here is everybody's. Um, it's just different without also giving like a cynicism where it's like when you're meeting new people, you have to be on guard and they're all going to be opportunist or but but still yeah also know that you've had very good friends for a very long time like 
or Justin is with roommates that he went to high school with. Like, it's very rare scenario. So when you meet everyone else, they're not people that you've known for all these years and have seen made choices and seen be there for you and reciprocate your friendship with them. You're, you're establishing that. So giving some of that advice. But I would just say the tip on that time also being able to be where what comes out from them is like absorb it and kind of take it so you can contemplate on it. And like Athena was saying, you get a sense of the innocence or the curiosity or the wonderings or the cluelessness about <laughs> where they are with things. Because sometimes they're stumbling into things just because it kind of came up, but they're not even sure what they think of it yet. And then just seeing um, how they develop and weigh it and, and where their mind is about it. Yeah, I would say another fear of the unknown that I've battled with, and I don't know if there's other parents that have this, but, or have experienced this, but I'll voice it. And it's the point of this podcast, let's talk about things nobody wants to talk about. So I'll bring you into my brain for a second. My fear of unknown is not knowing what type of person my child will become and whether or not I would like them still. That's a it's a major fear because I'm like, what if they become like this grandiose person? I just can't relate, <laughs> you know. So we end up with this relationship that's like two ships passing in the night. Mm-hmm. Or the you know, because they marry someone and that woman takes them off to who knows where. I'll only see them on Christmas or every other Christmas, you know, like those types of fear of unknown and there's no way i don't think there's a way of preparing me now because you know those people those situations are already so far in the future and we're still building to that future that i don't think there's a way to really reduce the paranoia or the fear um but a but, little like what we were talking about in preparing for this conversation it is like our mental space so i feel like it one of the bucket of like how your parenting is still like growing you and ch- and like changing you, even when they are, they could be adults, they could become parents, they could be, you know, getting married, becoming parents, making career choices, traveling, new circles, exploring new hobbies and interests. And depending on where their choices, location, everything takes them how your relationship continues to develop and the time you spend all shifts. And I think it just is always pushing us to keep growing or ask ourselves, like even some of the questions uh, thinking about these fears in the sense of like, what is it I'm afraid of? And like, what is my experience with X fear or with this scenario? And why am I responding to it this way when it's my child is so interesting. Like, I, I don't really know what else to call it. Like, it's just part of the journey. But it, it's interesting to me that it kind of always, I don't know that the child at that point in juncture feels it that way. Like, it's rubbing them and growing them. But I definitely feel from the parent and it's like so polishing us. And so how do you identify that it's fear versus love versus any other type of emotion that you're having when you're coming up against the unknown, oh, that it's fear when I feel like anxiety, it's paralyzing me in my parenting, and I'm losing sleep. 
like for crying out loud, just this week. And I'm like, okay, well, this is probably just to make the podcast more real. All these what if situations of things I'm not sure about, things that I believe are unknown to me, like all these what if scenarios with my younger kids as if they were older. And I'm like, this is such a waste of my time because <laughs> I need to get some sleep. So um, to get beyond it, so first, I that it is fear. You know, if you're having those emotions towards it, it's fear <laughs> that's perpetuating these actions. But, um, you know, accepting it, intentional moments, and a prayer. Like, I literally woke up and I prayed from like three o'clock it woke me up at 3 a.m and i prayed until 5 a.m um and that settled it because i was like what in the world and it is this mental battle and so i just recommend parents to deal with the fear because it will come out in your parenting conversations with not only your children but with friends that also have around kids like it's so helpful for me to have you memes and like my folks that are in the educational system because they're seeing things where I'll say you know with my third son he he makes my heart hurt a lot because I'm like oh my gosh I am so scared of what you're gonna become because I'm not sure it's either gonna be like the next you know Bill Gates or swing the pendulum the other direction folks like it could be the the verdict's still out like he's that all over the place but and then I hear stories of my mother-in-law second grade class and I'm like oh no he's just fine he's normal (laughs) he's just an average first grader um but yeah so it's acceptance and then intentional moments and conversations with other people outside of your day-to-day or even coworkers, because it gives you a little sense of stability because you could go off the deep end by yourself. <laughs> just and, running I, I def- these and I definitely think that deciphering is a love or fear because even anger at the root of anger usually is a fear. Um, unpacking that bef- even in that talking with our children because a lot of what come we put on them just where we are or how we, you know, and I think I tend to have a caveat talking to young people about in my experience or like because of these contexts, because nothing is exactly the same. Even if the scenario is very similar, even if it is struggling to focus in class, afraid to take a risk, not using time well, whatever the things impacting it, whatever the support system looks like, um, the specific classes you're taking, your specific interest, they could, those slight differences make the scenario different. And then respecting for the child, that it's a personal experience. And it is, we are all middle schoolers in that like our stuff is huge all the time, right? Like, and they're always like that, where it's like, this is the worst thing that could possibly be happening to me right now. And as adults, we might be able to put it in perspective, but hey, when stuff is happening to us, 
it usually feels like the worst thing that could be happening to us. It's like, not today. I don't have time for this today. <laughs> exactly. And so I think validating that it's a unique experience for them. It's like their encounter with it. But the wisdom of like, well, this is what I do know. This is what I don't know. And even this part of talking to other friends and trusting that you're child has their networks as well and if you can recognize that there is a trusted aunt uncle godparent confidant teacher counselor coach that you think you know like when your spidey senses go off and you think there's something someone else can guide them with or guiding that person to your child to say like I don't know what it is or maybe they don't want to share it with me but they would share with you or they you know they trust your judgment I think those other mentors and confidants can also help to give those layers and different perspectives to whatever context is taking place absolutely and I was going to say the other thing if you're not sure if you're battling the fear of the unknown I think some of the patterns that we talked about memes and like that you will see in your child or in their environment. You know, if you're noticing that they're more seclusive than they used mm-hmm. to be or change of language or change of interest. Grades. Um, and whether that's like school grades going up friends, or down. Interest, yeah. Interest, mm-hmm. yeah interest music, in, attitude, interest like, in activities. Yeah. Correct indications that something is shifting and there is something you're unaware of if it's like off-putting to you like and and it's kind of tricky as they get older because that's kind of why like when I was talking about my 10 year old that threw me off it's like the change of attitude and the change of like hormones I'm like you're only 10 though (laughs) like I was expecting this at Please, Lord Jesus, have grace over me when he, that child does turn 13. I'm like, maybe we're getting it over now and 13 going to be bliss. <laughs> Let me think that, Torjar. Let me think. It's okay. It's okay to dream. Um, but lo- looking at those patterns, don't ignore them because obviously there's something unknown. And it could be a positive thing. Don't always exactly. take the unknown as a negative connotation because you might be scared or fearful of something that's actually good for you and your child. It's happened to me many a times. Um, so um, it's, it's just in our nature that if we're not aware of it and we're not prepared for it, we tend to flee. <laughs> and that change is difficult for everyone. You know, it's a shift. Yeah. And as much as we know, it's the one constant thing we still you know, don't always welcome it in. Correct. So you're not alone, Torn Tribe. We all have fears of the unknown. We're all sometimes caught unaware and unprepared. Um, but you are able to get a tribe around you and be intentional with your child in those moments, those conversations, accept the situation that you're in, and pray. Go ahead, Lo. Go and take it easy. Take it, but take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, memes, what's mending you? I have to say, Sophie and I have been doing a lot of outdoor bonding. She has some plants. She has a terrarium. So we have, like, morning routine of and getting some sunshine. Um, our petunias were suffering a little bit. 
since going on vacation and not making a plan for them to get watered. Um, but we're back and we're trying to save them. And then, so just outdoors, bike riding, getting some sun. Um, but the plants and taking care of that she's really, really, she remembers. She's better at telling me to take my vitamins than I am at telling her to take her vitamins. Um, so we have like our morning routine together and that really has been feeling grounding. That is awesome. The summer vibes. Mm-hmm. That garden though. Well, I guess it's thriving in New York. Here everything's scorched and done because it's <laughs> too hot. Too hot. Yeah, it gets extremely hot and then it pours and then it's too watered. Um no balance here in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> but what I did start doing um, now over a week is I started to run again. I realized that I could not focus at what all. Was your, what was your gap? Because you had uh, three been months. running a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I think it's been like three months. I tried to change myself to our tribe and deny the fact that running uh, helps me focus. I tried to figure out a different way to get focus. <laughs> And it, it didn't work. <laughs> so but maybe even variety in the schedule. Like if you're a morning runner, evening runner, like I think I, if it felt like it was either not flowing at one point, maybe at another or different amounts of time of running, maybe you could keep it in the schedule without feeling like it's too much uh, of a lift. Yeah, no, it's not even about the time of day. It's the physical act of running. Like it's just painful. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So no matter how long I do it for, um, it just hurts. But what I started doing and the reason it's my mend is because I started actually running and listening and listening to the Bible be read to me. And so I get lost in the pages and in the verses and I forget that I'm running and I just run. So it's been... It's been helpful, though, and it's been mending me because I was finding it really hard to sit at my desk and focus and get work done. And the other thing I realized, Torn Tribe, is that I'm addicted to multitasking and I am trying to force myself that if I'm running and listening to the words, you know, to the Bible and I'm um, picturing the time period and the history and trying to memorize the verse being said to me, like that's still multitasking. And so once I do that, I really try to force myself to focus on one task at a time at, during work mm-hmm. and like with the kids, because what I was finding myself doing because I wasn't running was every time I hung out with my kids, I would always tell them that I was going to come and play. But then I, dishwasher the dishes cleaning the entire kitchen the laundry and like running back and forth back and forth to the room that they were playing in instead of just sitting and playing like I couldn't physically sit and play and it wasn't even because I was like worried about the dishes and stuff like my body physically couldn't sit and just play (laughs) so so now I've been playing PJ mask quite focused (laughs) (laughs) but that's an amazing mend because I do first Truth is, we don't really multitask, right? Like our no. What the <laughs> studies show really is that your brain can, 
at every yeah and and that your brain can really only be focused on one thing right so the idea that your body is physically moving but you're listening to your to the word makes sense because that that can i i recall very well my commutes to work and home and listening to my audio and I'm, i have a good memory of what i hear you know the auditory mm -hmm. um but the being able to be still or be present in the moment is really what we lose when we're constantly like juggled. So the conversation, because, you know, a mix of where we are this day and age with devices and, but it's also always feeling like there's not enough time, which is something yeah. with the, so we moved recently and with the reset, I've been trying to do the very intentional with, the morning routine with soap but it's also like what I can get done in the day without it feeling like I have to be doing five things at once or that the day needs to include all the right it's spacing yeah. it out and really because if you if I don't recharge during this time that's kind of low stress then what will it be like when we're kicking off another year like last year was a killer academic year and it just can't feel like you know like yeah. I'm too old for it to feel like that multiple <laughs> years. Like that can't happen. I won't make it. These wheels yeah. won't make it. So Child I think double. that's really <laughs> I think that's a really powerful mend. Yeah. So Torn Tribe, we would love to hear what's mending you. What are some of the fears that you're trying to get beyond? And memes tell our folks how to stay connected. We would really love to receive an email to tornmlb at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, tornmlb at tornmlb. Thanks for joining. Choose grace. When you feel torn, choose, choose grace. grace.